Welcome to We're Talking Bears, where we bring you the latest in the Chicago Bears experience. I'm uncle, nephew, and I'm son, and we're talking bears. Man, what's up? What a game. What's up? What a... What's up, Bears Nation? What's, what's, what's going on, uh, uncle? What's going on? Son, cuz. Hey, you know what? I'm not gonna lie. I've never been able to be so excited. I, I was talking to some of my guys after the game and I was like, man, did you see the game? It was like, no, nah, man, bears. You know, everybody's down in the bears. Like, no, nah, I didn't see the game. I don't watch those bears. And I was like, man, you missed it, man. The bears been doing their thing. They was like, didn't they lose? And I was like, yeah. But that's not the point. <laughs> that's not right, the point. Right, right. I've never I, been I was, this excited about a loss. Man, a I was losses. talking to a guy, talking to a guy, said those exact words. Yeah, I've right. never been this excited about a loss. Right. Never. And, and I, I'm not going to go that far, but I'm going to tell you, I'm not mad. I mean, yeah. first of all, I like it when you fight. Like, fight. Like, fight. Get in there and go to war. And we did. Um, I didn't expect a lot from the defense, and they did more than I expected. They they held Miami three times down without scoring late in the game. Yeah. That game could have gotten – that game could have looked like the Dallas game. They could have dropped the 50 on us. Sheesh. But but they they literally went, went came down on our side of the field and walked away with no points three times. One of them was a missed field goal, but you know what? You got to – you if you don't rush the kicker, uh, he's going to make it, right? right. Speaking right. of rushing the kicker, um, that game would have been a win had we not um, – had that that uh, botched uh, that botched punt that resulted in a Miami touchdown. So they're all. I, I hate to say this, but I mean, only, but our boy Khalil Herbert, fantastic running back, not a good blocker. He missed that block. The guy came right through the gap. It was I don't know what mm -hmm. he missed the block. He whiffed, mm -hmm. and it cost us seven points in a game. And you just, you know, he's not the blocker. He he's great at what he does. And he should be in the game, but he should not be in a position to make a critical block ever. I mean, it's just a punt, dude. Like uh, it really wasn't supposed to be all that. No, so, but you can't you can't have a guy that can't pick up a block. He can't block a linebacker. He's got to learn if he's going to be the starting running back going forward. He's got to learn how to freaking block. Well, well that there's there's your answer. There's your answer. He's he's showing us all year. He, he may be a feature running back, but he's not the starting running back because he's not protecting fields. He's not protecting the punter. He's just not good at it. He's He's got to learn, man. He's still young. This is this is the same process that everybody on our team is going through. This dude has been in the league two years. That's not something that uh, really running backs have to focus on a lot in college, especially at smaller schools where the competition isn't as pro style in terms of offense or defensive schemes. So running backs not always involved in the protection scheme like that. So that's something that he's got to, he's got to develop at if he's going to, if he wants to be that starting running back. If he wants to be, and if he, you know, and we can't hold a position for somebody if they're not there, if he's not there, it's kind of like I was, I, I'm not, I, I really like Velas Jones. Y'all know that, but I was kind of glad he wasn't out there because he's dropped a ton of stuff he's cost us games with his drops he 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 can go work on a practice squad for a while till he gets it together i i, I have all the hope in the world that he'll get much more sure hands spend an off season hanging out with darnell mooney you know and see what he does learn do it do no do what mooney tells you to do because that is boy that, is that a good or a bad sign though that the third round pick we just spent this past year was a healthy scratch in week nine went on a receiver deficient team. Well, uh, you know what? The minute we picked up Claypool, somebody was coming off. Somebody was coming off and he's worked his way down to number six. Yeah. You know, so that that's on him. You know, you got to catch the ball. You got, you got to make the most of your opportunities. And, you know, you know what, if, if I'm, um, if I'm, St. Brown, I'm concerned about my job next year because if I'm dropping mission critical passes in game situations and and polls is bringing in guys like Claypool, I, I'm concerned about my job. I mean, I, I think everybody kind of knew that um, 
most of this receiver room was a stopgap. Dante Pettis, EQ, um, you know, all the all the guys below that, Isaiah Smith Marset or Amir Smith Marset, sorry, Isaiah Coulter, all these dudes are stopgaps. Um, we're really gonna invest heavily, I think, in receiver in the offseason um to upgrade that room. And man, he be he'll be lucky if he makes the team straight up. Uh, well, I I think that's true too. But I, you know, if I'm him as a man, I, I I've got to fix that. I've got to, I'm I'm not a rookie. I'm not a second year guy. Can he I've got to fix that. I'm dropping balls. I've got to correct that. I, no, I got to spend all week, every week for the rest of. I got to get to the last five or six games where I don't drop anything. I've got to show these guys in a game situation. I can count on because he's getting a lot of opportunity and he's caught a good amount. He can be our number three or number four if he stops dropping the ball. I don't know about that. Numbers aren't bad on the year. He could be, no, he could be number five, but I think I think Nikhil Harry is going to supplant him at at least the third option in the receiver room. And I think we're going to draft somebody as well. So that's yeah. that's pushing him down the order pretty quickly. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, but Nikhil Harry's got to come and outperform. Nikhil right Harry's now, already got a touchdown and no drops in the last couple of games. Yeah. So, I mean, there you go. So you might be out just based on that. But exactly. Uh, right, right. But I, I hear you. But he he was he actually was doing pretty well aside from the drops. He got to quit dropping the ball. <laughs> he was doing this like, you know what? He's a real good chef. It just doesn't taste good. <laughs> oh my gosh. What a fool. Look, the wide great. receiver was doing well except for the drops. Right. I mean, <laughs> as a wide out, man. That's for the throws. Right. That's oh, job man. number one, two, and three. So, um, yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. I, mean, I, I want to put that all on him, though. Uh, let's talk about that P.I. Because he wouldn't have been in that position if the refs hadn't been doing what they always do, which is shave points off the Bears. Now, this is Vegas. I'm not a, usually a tinfoil hat guy, but we had three different calls. When Miami was struggling and floundering on offense, that P.I. on Eddie Jackson, where he's looking back at the ball the whole time and then incidentally runs into a guy who tried to jump over his head. And honestly, he, he wasn't was, even he ran into the guy. The guy jumped in front of him. He jumped like, into literally. Him. They're running in parallel. This guy jumps over in front of him and gets a PI call. That's below. It was the ticky tackiest PI call I've ever seen. But, but it then, wasn't even. They literally. The rules of PI. He's going for the ball. He has the right to to the to run straight ahead. Mm-hmm. You don't have to turn and go around anybody. As a, as, a, as a corner, you have the right to try to intercept it. To compete, you have the right ball. to try to intercept it. You have the he, his eyes are on the ball and he's running mm-hmm. straight. You have the right to run straight. Like mm-hmm. you, someone else can cut across your field of vision, and if you run into him, that's incidental contact because. You have the right to keep going the direction you're going. You don't have to, oh, I got to stop and let this guy go by. That's stupid. That's not football. So there's you know, it's absolutely a, no angle where there's PI. Yeah, exactly. And then and then the same, uh, or, or rather on the on the flip side of that coin, on that play to Chase, uh, Chase Claypool, you know, we throw it up. It's third down. And, a, and one corner literally grabs Claypool around the waist like this. Right. And then just falls backwards with him when he's trying to jump for the ball. So if that's not PI, you you're mistaken. I really looked up the definition and the instructions for PI, and 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 the uh, the suplex is not considered pass interference. <laughs> so if you suplex the guy, that's not pass interference. Okay, well I'll let Vince McMahon know. Um, <laughs> yeah, because this is the XFL. Because man, that means that means that he's got a whole lot of guys on his roster that could be cornerbacks. <laughs> right man tell me they'll probably make more money doing that so i don't know man, you, should, you should get that going yeah well that was a pretty good suplex though he almost I think the rule is that pass interference can't be called for the bears <laughs> yeah, team that's playing against the bears that's, that's what well, it looks Claypool like i'd already gotten one call and i feel like that's kind of a good um i mean yeah it's just it's a good indication of what's to come, I think. You're right. He did um, get the early one, the early one. Yeah. So so if if you've got to do this to a guy two times a game, like eventually, like the refs can't do that again because then the NFL will investigate them for sure. I would hope, man, but man. <laughs> they can't do that again. The whole nation is talking about that. Remember, the number one investor in the NFL 
is is all the gambling houses. So oh, yeah. you know they're they're oh, yeah. getting the NFL's getting paid to do this a little bit. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, it's going to be really hard to because that that calls into question the whole integrity of the game when you do that that blatantly on That's TV with everybody tuned in and watching because uh, Justin Fields has been lighting it up. And, and the and the plus side of him lighting it up like this is that calls so much media attention to Chicago games. You can't really, as Vegas, that's not an easy, that's not a patsy. You know what no, I mean? No, like you can't, you can't just be like, all right, well, just uh, you know, call some, call a couple bad calls on the Bears. Uh, like yeah, they shave some of these points, right? Shave some of these points off the Bears and make sure they lose. Like you can't do that. The Steelers game last year, Justin was driving us back, and then they did it. Now this one, it's been another game this year. Yeah, that you know what? And that's messed up because last year, Washington last year, it was so tough for us to score that it was probably a lot easier for them to shave the points. But now, look, we actually looking good, man. Mm-hmm. Good. Now when they when they doing that mess, you better throw them flags because uh, let's look let's look over. I mean, all right, so Justin, um, he threw seventeen of twenty eight for hundred and twenty three. Which that part of it, that's kind of not the best, you know, but kind of not uh, the best. It's not good, right? Sixty-one percent completion is really not nothing to scoff at. Three touchdowns on them. No Three touchdowns, touchdowns, no picks is huge. That's huge. Let but you realize, honest. but you realize what he's doing is he's making sure, like, he does not throw the ball into a situation where he feels like his receiver has a a poor chance of catching it. He's very good at identifying what types of balls his receivers like to catch, where they like it placed, and putting it there. He's super, super good with that. Well, well I, I agree that when you say they just here, don't all got a lot of catch radius, so he ain't throwing a lot of them. Well, and here's the game. This was his running game. You know, 15 carries, 178 yards, set a Kill quarterback it. record for the regular season. Mm. Only quarterback ever to run for more. Colin Kaepernick in the playoffs for 181. That's once the la the guy he broke Michael Vick's record from 20 years ago. So Incredible. that's that's just a sentence. Um, Demo and 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 Herbert they were shut down in the run game. They averaged uh, 2.6 and 3.3 a carry. So they were they were kind of shut down. But we we had a lot of trick stuff going on. You know we we tried to give a lot of people Comet, <laughs> Claypool and Mooney run plays. So we got we mixed it up a little bit. Um, and, but receiving wise, you know, Mooney with seven catches, Komet with five catches and two touchdowns. Komet has come alive. Yep. And, but I'm going to argue this since Nikhil Harry and uh, Chase Claypool have stepped up. I mean, Chase is a step up, but since with them out there, Komet is now one-on-one yep. and he's winning his one-on-one battle. Um, Mooney, you know, you got an all pro corner that's trying to cover Mooney. It's not happening. Yeah, it's not happening. Um, so all of a sudden, just the attention of number 10 being out there and, and, uh, um, you know, it, it changed, it's changing the coverage. Also the attention of dog on it fields was running wild. And unfortunately EQ has zero catches. None. Well, he had two targets. Yeah. I mean, that, that, yeah, yeah. So he had zero catches. Um, hey, Kyler Gordon led us in, in tackles with seven and um, Sanborn, seven tackles. Let's mm-hmm. talk about the rookie tackling uh, Tariq Hill from behind. He, he only got an ankle, but he got him down. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, and Sanborn looked—he was—he—he he looked like the game speed was kind of getting to him. But but he played a good game. I mean, a he got in there and made seven tackles. Um, you know, he he played some football. Um, you know, and we just need more performance from the uh, front seven. Right. You know, we we our back end is doing all the work, be it tackles or be it uh, uh, pass defenses. Or any type of defense. The front, <laughs> seven, the front seven's not getting it done, man. Without, yeah, yeah. The front seven's not getting done. Say, Sanborn did a good job, but 
um, outside of, and he was clearly overmatched in some situations. But uh, you know, wow, we we you know we we did give away two of our best defenders and trade them away, and that that kind of cost us. We looked ugly. I mean, I I agree. Like it it sucks that we lost that game, but in a way it doesn't. And I kind of want us to kind of talk about this a little bit because you know like so said at the at the at the beginning of this week everybody's kind of all the bears lost so bears lost but for all the people that didn't watch the game and i hope you all did and i hope you all continue to watch because these bears are fun to watch watch. but it really did cement one thing is that justin fields is no longer a rookie quarterback I think he's officially out of his rookie year by like three games or something like that. So he's played, I think, 19 games or whatever. So, well, 17 game seasons now. So two games out of his rookie year. And he's playing at an incredible level. I'm going to give you guys a couple of statistics. So the last few games, the last, I want to say the last five games, Justin Fields has thrown for 11 touchdowns to just two total turnovers. That's interceptions and fumbles. Both of those turnovers are deflections at the line of scrimmage. So he has thrown no passes into harm's way that have resulted in an interception. There have been a few close calls, but usually on free plays and things like that. Almost doesn't count. Yeah, almost does not count. So so two interceptions that were tipped at the line, no fumbles. Uh, I think it's eight touchdowns through the air, three on the ground. No fumbles lost. No fumbles lost. No fumbles lost, yes. And so he's playing, he's playing at a level that very few quarterbacks ever achieve. And he has strung it together now for five consistent weeks of elevating the team around him. Oh yeah. He went into this season and there was very little debate. He went into this season with the worst supporting cast in all of football. People were out there saying it was, I think Mike Marks was saying it's the Owen 16 lions uh, all oh, over. Yeah. Oh yeah. And oh, Fields yeah. has these dudes dropping 30 points a game per night. Yeah. Yeah. This is like the fourth game in a row we've dropped 30. Which points. begs the question. I don't think Mahomes is dropping 30 points a night. So is Fields already an elite quarterback? You know what? It depends on how we define elite, but I, I will say this. I, I'm going to say it does. Look, he is doing elite things let's let's go there i, I want to see it can you got to string it together for a little while for me but he is doing elite things setting the record for rushing yards and the way he did it he effortlessly glides through the defense like a gazelle he's just pat <laughs> you know and, and the thing i love about it because i was worried about him running and getting hit so much and, and whereas you know you get that game career ending injury or just career damaging injury or just, we lose him for 12 weeks. You know, that's an issue. He's like not getting hit. He's running out of bounds. He's running to the end zone. Hey, you can't hit me once. If I run you to the end zone, you don't get to hit me. You know, he's, he's running out of bounds. This is, he's averaging 12 yards a carry, not getting hit. He's not, he's not doing the Walter Payton sticking his nose back in for an extra three, four yards. He is like gliding out of bounds. Like, cool. I'm, he got I'm first downs. I'm done. I got my first. I'm done. Or I, or, or I slide. And, you know, the other team's not being able to take free shots, beating, beating them up. Um, so he's doing some very elite things. Again, you know, I got to see higher completions. And I know some of them are drops. And I've got to see, you know, more pass yards. You know, he, he uh, the the pass interference was terrible, but throw that ball a tick earlier and there's no chance for the safety to help. You know, I mean, I understand. I understand. Here's my my question to that would be if he's doing elite things <clears throat> week in and week out, does that not make him elite? At least right now. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I, I hear you. I hear you. Very reasonable sentence. Um, he's, I, I, he's knocking on the door. <clears throat> what do you think, nephew? I was going to say, man, you almost were scaring me that uncle, you, you're starting to sound like some of the Chicago fans who are very pessimistic on our bears. <laughs> you're like, I hear you. Yeah. He's doing elite things. 
I mean, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I think Justin is definitely coming into that into that um title. Um, I say yeah, he's he's elite. I would just say we're just starting to see it uh, uh consistently. You get what I'm saying? And I think what it what it is maybe that that begs the question still is that any team, anytime you're playing with uh, any individuals, you have to have some um, chemistry. You have to be able to gel. You get what I'm saying? So I believe he's already an elite quarterback. I believe that we're just now being able to see the Bears playing some elite football on the offensive side, which just tells to his to his talent. You get what I'm saying? But I think he's already elite. I mean, I've, we've seen him before they were designing plays for him. Some of the things he, I don't wanna say before they were designing plays, before he, he's been running like he has been lately, you get what I'm saying? We've seen him escape, you get what I'm saying, the pocket for some runs. And it's like, I think it's just a different approach that allows us to say, oh yeah, he's in this class with some of these other names. Um, but I think the talent is, has been there. Um, and I'm, I don't, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. If anybody says that he's not elite, man, I just think they're, they're, just, they're just hating on him. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you. Like for me, like you said, like how do you define elite? To me, being an elite quarterback is more than just um putting up passing yards is more than just throwing a lot of touchdowns it's elevating the players around you it's making up for the deficiencies of the players around you in a way that doesn't hurt the team it's leading your teammates to wins or chances at wins when no one around you is the one that's making that possible except for yourself there's nobody that's going to sit here and say david montgomery is the engine of this offense anymore there's right. nobody that's going to say Chase Claypool made all the difference to Justin Fields this week or that Darnell Mooney is the reason he's doing all the things he's doing. It's only him that yeah. is making this is making this train move. And uh, and it's a freight train. That's 225 uh, rushing yards, at least in the past, what, four games in a row. I don't think nobody has done that in the entire NFL since like the 50s or 60s. Right. So right. But uh, we're talking uh, about realize they're they're trading off who gets those yards you know yeah, a couple but, weeks ago herbert had 170 ah, that was that was a lot of weeks ago but oh, a few weeks uh, ago. <laughs> that was like Dude. six weeks ago but uh no I, I that wasn't even in the same in this same span of play that was like justin field's worst game of the season um so i'm just saying from a perspective of what he does for the players around him what he means to offensive game planners um on our squad, on our squad, and what it means to defensive game planners on the other team, uh, who's focusing on what, what, what scares the defense, what tariff, what makes the defensive players that are about to face him lose sleep the night before. Yeah, I guarantee yeah. you, freaking, uh, what's his name, Aiden Hutchinson, the the first round number one overall pick or whatever, went to the Lions or whatever number he was. Aiden Hutchinson's losing sleep this week because he ain't faced Justin Fields yet. Well, he feels he probably he probably feels like he has a plan, but you you know when you look up and honestly the the best I think uh, cap is the best comparison for JF right now. Now I, I'm hoping that he becomes you know a, a, a more efficient passer than Cap. Cap was devastating, led a team to the Super Bowl, um, and. Obviously, even one of those playoff games ran for a buck 81. And, you know, when Cap got out, when Cap got out of the backfield, you know, 90 yards was was well possible. He could just outrun entire defenses. And JF is, is very similar where he can do that. So, you know, from that standpoint, he's there. I just need to see uh, a, a more consistent passes beyond the line of scrimmage and, and and i'm not blaming him for not having great receivers um i'm not i think i'm glad we've improved the receiver room drastically like we brought in a guy that's better than everybody but Mooney. you know bam that drastically improves your room um you know and i think it opened up commit i think the safeties that were covering commit and helping cover him and keeping him out of the end zone uh can't chase him around have to look and say well wait a minute you know they have to think i think mooney being on an island on single coverage even though this guy is a pro bowler you know if, if claypool or, or harry aren't around do i put a safety and a corner on mooney heck yeah i'm not i'm not letting 
little guy to come in, sneak in here and steal a touchdown. Um, you know, so I think those things matter. Um, but, you know, with that said, you know, his running ability is phenomenal. His passing, he still's got some work to do. And even with that, some of it is, is touch. Like, when do I throw it hard as, and when do I zip it? And when do I put just a little less on it? You know, because a guy like EQ is going to drop that ball and I need him to catch it, right? I mean, I, can I, I don't have can I get it to the same spot with a little less on it so that at the same time, so that that guy and, and the, the great quarterbacks can do that. I, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think I have a problem with how he threw that ball to EQ because we saw him earlier in the year. There was a crosser to Mooney in a very similar situation. Play kind of breaking down. He starts coming out the pocket sees Mooney and tries to guide it to him and he tried to put less on it when he threw it to Mooney and that gave the defender time to get up under it we he threw that same ball to EQ on that same crossing route against Green Bay EQ fades away from it because he threw it a little soft and that was when uh Jerry Alexander had time to run up underneath it so he learned that's a ball you gotta throw and to EQ that's a ball you gotta catch you gotta catch how hard hey, he throws you that are being down, paid a lot of money exactly it that ain't on fields that ain't on fields and i don't think that's a problem with his passing game also from a point of efficiency i just want to point out that last game against dallas he completed 70 percent of his passes this week he completed 61 62 of his passes with three touchdowns the last three games he has thrown no interceptions you want to talk about efficiency as a passer he's ultra efficient as a passer in my opinion he just doesn't have a lot of weapons. Efficiency. I'm not going to use ultra. I, I, I think he, so. He's improving. He's I think improving. so because he throws it. He throws it when he knows he has a guy wide open. He's not going to drop the ball. He's got it to him. Or for, for most part, they don't drop the ball. And he puts the ball in a spot where they can get it and the defenders can't. Every single time, just about. He, he makes incredibly good decisions. And when he doesn't think, I know I got this guy, he runs it which that's the biggest efficiency you could possibly have well, is to be like, when okay, you're, when you're, when you get 11 yards a carry, you better take off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, better. so it makes him, it makes him more efficient as a passer because anytime he's about to, he thinks eh, this might be an inefficient pass. He has the option to not throw it and still get the yardage. What? And, and that's key. So the question is, can an Allen Iverson type quarterback win the championship? You Absolutely. know, the guys, Allen well, Iverson type. Yeah, you know, oh, I mean, man. that was AI. He was everything, but could he beat a whole team? And Super Bowl champs, 2023. Uh, well, I'm calling it now. I, <laughs> I think so. Calling it right now. I, I'm listening. I'm listening. It, it, you know what? Cap right? almost did it, but he couldn't get through. You better, we better uh, make sure. You know that what? I'll say this. They had to, they had to shut down the entire Louisiana Superdome to stop Cap from getting that Super Bowl. <laughs> and, right. They and so shut we better make sure Superdome. we have our union electricians with their locks bolted uh -huh. down on and the Fields, power. And Fields is better than Cap already. I think so, personally. As a passer, I think he's better than Cap. He's more accurate. He displays better decision making. He doesn't like just wing the ball up like Cap would. Cap had a tendency to just like, if he felt like a play was breaking down, he wasn't as good at fields as fields is at keeping his head up, keeping his eyes downfield when he broke the pocket and he broke contain. Like I think fields is already better as a passer. Nephew has some, what's up? We're, well, look, we're talking bears. I agree with cuz anybody who says anything different is just wrong. Okay, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say one, one thing that I, that I appreciate, man, is um, I, I, I do agree with you. Cause uh, I think Justin Fields is there. I, I like the fact that he doesn't force things. I, I want to see him have more passing yards, sure. But let me say this. I don't want to be uh, a victim of, like, the, the current times, right? I, I feel like a lot of times in sports now, uh, we get caught up on, like, the numbers and the stats. And, you know what I'm saying? I like guys that know what they need to do to win. And I think it's kind of kind of – kind of cool that he can throw for 120 something yards it's not a lot you get what I'm saying that the elite quarterbacks typically are throwing for way more than that and um but he's got us in games you get what I'm saying so to me that means he knows when he needs to do what he needs to do it's kind of like my my debate with the LeBron James goat thing just to make a comparison it's like you know you do a lot of things great 
but I like the guys who know what the team needs in that particular moment to, to be great as a team. You get what I'm saying? Yep. And I think Justin has that. I think he definitely has that. And um, so, yeah, I'm with Cuz, man. Elite quarterback right now. Right now. All right. All right. right. All right. Well, here is we have to give some credit because one of the things that uh, the offensive line when we started this year was the worst the NFL had seen. It was phenomenally bad. And honestly, I wasn't worried that much because uh, the last – year and a half of Justin's life behind a bad offensive line is a lot of lessons, right? If you don't learn under that pressure to keep your eyes downfield, uh, then I don't know when you're ever going to learn. And, uh, and it, it's, you know, when, when yeah, things are bad, you learn through, through right. difficulty. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And, and he's learned. And now, and, and we have, they've taken a step forward. We've all, we've had some personnel changes through injury. Um, Hey, y'all see my boy Musty is still holding it down. Everybody, he's actually doing okay. I didn't say he's great, but he's doing okay. Uh, he's <laughs> no comment. Look, no comment. <laughs> uh, hey, you know, let me but, just say he's lucky he's a bear. He's a family member. Look, he's a <laughs> um, you know what? Riley Reef uh is is making this line look better. Yeah. Is making this line look better. Um, it, it, the, there's, there's not, they're holding up. I mean, obviously there were some breakdowns, but sometimes, I mean, like the play where he made the 61 yard touchdown, he could have thrown a short pass. There were a couple guys where he could have thrown a short pass too, but yeah, yeah. But you know what? Hey, I'm gone. I'm I'm going the whole way. He saw the whole path. What a play, too. My what a play. And, what a freaking play. And and the it, he didn't just leave because he was under massive pressure. No one was. He stepped up in the pocket and he's like, "Wow, there's a hole," and I see the end zone. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, he, he, he originally, like, I think in a post game interview, he, he originally said he was looking for Mooney. Mooney was sitting like right on the numbers, right in front of him. And he had a window to throw it. And then Mooney started moving. He came off of that because he saw Fields climbing the pocket. So Moon thought, oh, it's time to move. It's time to, you know, scramble drill. So Moon started getting depth. And that was when he kind of did that pump fake. He was really about to throw it to Mooney right at them. He at looked the like he might he have pulled been. it down. But he froze the defense so bad with that move <laughs> that he, it, the, the ends, it just parted like the Red Sea. I mean, kind of. It wasn't, it wasn't that wide. He, oh, he, no, because he, he had to do it. That juke he made cut him back to the it right like it was like he three left two guys diving for air oh yeah that oh, was what wild. a juke what that a wild man i mean you had you when you have professional athletes diving and not even being able to touch you with their hands you are something special because these guys are the best athletes in the world yeah, and they they're diving and well, missing everything. Uh, Justin is the best athlete in the world. <laughs> that guy. I, I, I'm gonna say Justin is looking like right now in that game. Justin's running ability looked like he looked like a six foot three, two hundred thirty pound Devin Hester running. No, running. no you know what he looked like. You, you watched uh, the Captain America movie where uh he's 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 chasing black panther through the streets and they're like running faster than the cars that's what he looks like dude. he looks like a <laughs> yeah that's pretty yeah, I got much a, I got they, a they didn't have a captain america chasing black panther no they didn't <laughs> i got a, I got a question right um i i i can agree our o-line has been playing better than we started um but we still don't have a great offensive line, right? No, I think we can all agree no. we don't have a great offensive line. Um, so just to ask you this question, Uncle, because I know you were seemingly not convinced totally yet on Justin Fields being one of the elites now. I want to ask you this. What uh, what allows um, him to be able to run for those kind of yards? You know, for what allows our run um, to be as successful as it's been behind an offensive line that's not elite? Why can't some of these teams with elite offensive lines produce the way we produce running? Well, uh, well, first let's say our offensive line from a run blocking standpoint 
is one of the best in the league, which is just, you know, which it's kind of an oxymoron because they can't, they, they seem to be weak at pass blocking. And it's one thing to not be good, but right. they're getting like beat, um, like right on, on, on power rushes, like Borum right. throughout the year, you know, a guy puts his shoulder in his chest and he's going back, like, oh, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, these guys and, 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 and Jones, you know, and they're just getting destroyed and musty did too. And a lot of guys, you know, it's like, you just getting pushed around like you're a child when you, when you're pass blocking, but when you run blocking, you're getting into people. So that's, that's just an odd thing about our offensive line. Um, that whereas they're so bad at pass blocking and so good at run blocking. So um, I think that anything where we're running is a good thing. And when, when those guys start moving forward uh, and they get ahead of steam and they have, they're allowed to get out there. That's great. So some of the runs are designed. So, you know, you got a guy coming around and he, you know, Jones gets to go and hit that, that linebacker. And he's, he's like, yeah, my turn. Right. right. And fields, you, you know, you know, fields doesn't need too many blocks. You know, you knock one guy out of his way. And his, his speed, you know, real at 6'3", 236, and a 4'4 time. He ran a 4'4'40 at the combine, 4'4'0, but, yeah. he, but he stumbled to 4'4'0 twice in a row. I think it was so his pro day, but yeah. It was his pro day, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. Because uh, there was no combine because of. Uh, I guess I'm I'm COVID. having a hard time with this though. I'm having a hard time with this. So race. he's probably a four three seven four three five guy. I mean, he's one of the fastest guys in the NFL. Yeah, right. Of course. He's, you know. Course. So and, and the the other thing is he just he that's that's his acceleration, yeah. but he's a long stride glider. He glides like a Usain Bolt. You yeah. know what I mean? So he gets those long legs just gliding and, and they're just moving effortlessly effortlessly i think the, effortlessly. i think the way i'm hearing i'm hearing all the analysts and stuff talk about it lately man just got horsepower right yeah he, he's, he's what i'm saying that he's was, that was gliding the, he was he was the fastest runner in the league not this week last but last week, week. Uh, he you know hit what? uh 21 point something miles per hour in football gear right yeah, yeah you see what i'm saying and that, that was the only point i was trying to make is that we're not saying let's not upgrade our line. We're not saying, because in my opinion, if you're trying to tell me that our, t- our O-line is the best in the league when it comes to running, I wouldn't be trying to change it. I'll say we're just going to be a running football team. But the fact that we still recognize that we need to change our line to me says Justin Fields is a lot of what's happening. You get what I'm saying? A lot of the, the point of that. Uh, yeah, Man, I'm, not trying I mean. to, I'm not trying to steal a shot. No, I just wanted to give him, I just wanted to give him another little, you know, yeah, another little yeah. shout out. Speaking speaking of upgrading <laughs> our line, right? So we're sitting at three and six. Um, we're probably not mathematically out of the playoff picture right now, but realistically, with our defense um kind of playing the way it is, I see we're we're definitely gonna surprise a few more teams this year. But I say we finish probably somewhere around five and twelve, six and eleven, something like that, right? We go yeah. into the off season. I think starting now is pretty clear what we need to upgrade. So what are some of those things that we need to hit to put that talent around fields, to put a defense there that could hold teams to under 35 a game? Like, what do we need to do to build around this kid to win? Oh, my gosh. That's a terrible sentence to ask Bears fans is how do we get below 35 a game? <laughs> I mean, we sold we sold the defense. All right. We, sold the, we, we, we did. We okay. sold the. Well, you know, obviously we need a replacement for Roquan, whether that's in free agency and you grab, you know, the baddest linebacker you can um, or, you know, rather you you try to draft another Roquan, you know, one or the other. You have to do it. Um, and you need some horsepower of you talk about horsepower. We need more horsepower up front on that defensive. I mean, yeah. we need, That's I'll say in the defensive front seven, we need at least three to four new guys that are yep. starters. Yep. That, that, that's, money without that, 
best you know, edge rusher we can get. Man, I'm with it. Man, we we you know they, we got some we got some guys that are probably really good backups, and that's fine. Right. But okay. We we need three or four starters. There. Let's assume let's assume three starters on the defensive front seven get replaced this year. So on offense specifically, what do we need to put around fields? Like what yeah. position specifically? Nothing, nothing's at? changed. We right now left tackle, right left tackle, and 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 Jones has looked better in this game than he's looked in a long time. He had a really tough assignment, and he didn't do poorly. Like you know, he he wasn't falling backwards in in the fields every play. So if he continues to improve, maybe he's serviceable. But I'm still gonna. I, I look at it like this. If he, if this is the best Jones is, then we need a free agent left tackle. If, if Jones continues to improve through the year, then we can probably do a first round left tackle. So we don't have to spend 20 million a year on a left tackle. We but can we, grab one out the first round. Jones at right tackle then next year? Do we let him get settled in at left and then put, I mean, our, put a rookie at right where it's a little easier? I think you put the rookie at right and let him learn. And, you know, if he, I mean, unless he just takes the job. Mm -hmm. If he takes the job, you know, if yeah. then he takes the job. And if he doesn't take the job, you don't give it to him. Right. You let make him earn that job. But, you know, if, if Jones does it, improve continually throughout the year then you got to go get a free agent who already knows how to do it you know you you can't what you can't let you can't let the you know chris conti brian erlacher thing happen where a goofy rookie makes a stupid mistake and takes out your 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 um, franchise yeah your franchise player um or um was it forte uh, when they got rid, yeah, Forte. When they got rid of Olson, and you know, uh, um, I, I think that was Forte, but it, it might not have been. But they got rid of Olson a couple weeks later. The tight end that was allegedly a run blocking tight end, who you know, is this guy is going to block better than Olson, and he whiffs a block, and a helmet goes straight into his knee. Oh yeah, yeah. You, know? yeah. Hey, you can't let that happen because okay we think we got a solution, you know, you, you, cause I mean, that's the worst, that's the worst scenario, right? You, mm -hmm. you're farting around. You don't want to spend the money. You, and I mean, we got the money happened. this year. We got 130 mil. So that's right. why you can't let that happen. Yeah. You got to spend it, man. You got it. So the first thing, and, and you think about it, I, I, I'm not mad for the experience because honestly, I think, Justin's going to be better because of the trials of this time. Yeah, no kidding. You know, he's learning how to do it with nothing when he all of a sudden looks up and has an all pro left tackle and he's, and he can sit in the pocket until he decides to run. <laughs> oh my God. That's going to be ridiculous. Right. Right. Gonna ridiculous. It's going to be changing. And, and then, you know what? I, I, I am okay with Claypool and Mooney as our number ones. Yeah. I mean, as, as, you know, 1A and 1B, I am fine with that. If you get somebody better than the two of them, that's insane. But that also changes the nature of our team because you get, you let's say you get someone, let's say you got, uh, um, you know, somebody that's above the two of these guys who are very good. There's nobody like that available. I'm just well, you know. rather even let's say you traded. I, I don't care how you did it. You made it happen. You bring in that Tariq Hill or level guy, right? Now you've got to give him 25 catches. I mean, not 25. You got to give him 12 catches a game, which changes the nature of our offense, right? Because now you're either going to continue to run and give him a, a ton of catches or you're going to become a pass heavy offense. But if you've got a guy, if you've got a guy that's that good, don't you want to feel like, put it this way. I've been watching Christian McCaffrey tear it up with the 49ers since he's been traded. I watch uh, Kenneth Walker with Seahawks, like absolutely make some absolutely incredible plays. Same kind of like athletic Marvel plays that Fields is making. Brees Hall was doing it with the Jets. Uh, they, we could upgrade our running back position. Khalil Herbert, love him. Montgomery, love him. But 
in terms of like raw athleticism, in terms of raw I scare defenses, that's not who they are. They're consistent, tough runners. Absolutely. I love the workhorse mentality they got. I love what they bring to the team. But if we had a, you know, elite level running back, then we feed them more. We have to give them the ball more. You want the ball to be in their hands more. And thus the ball is out of Fields' hands more. With a receiver, it's the same thing. You want to put the ball in these elite athletes' hands because that's where your that's where your yards are going to come from. That's where moving the ball is going to come from. But I think we've seen through through this that Fields is the best weapon. Like yeah, he, uh, you heard me for the past two three years. Montgomery's our number one offensive weapon. That is no longer the case. <laughs> You know? I told you that. You just wasn't listening to me. Well, he, it had materialized. See, you were talking about the future. I was talking about the present. It had not I was talking about the present. The Bears just hadn't realized it. That is okay. not the same thing. <laughs> well, it, it, it's materialized now. So Fields is our number one offensive weapon. So, you know, let's say you – let's take take the top off of it. Let's say you have uh, Tyreek Hill. Let's say he's a Bear. Mm-hmm. Um, how many touches you want him to have again? Twelve. Uh, Twelve targets a game, minimum. Okay. And I want four of them to be just go routes because Fields is so good at throwing the go route. If he had Tyreek, he ain't got to, like, aim it. He just put that crap out there. <laughs> go get it. Now, you, you realize the only person all year that he's thrown a ball like that to is Velas Jones, and Jones dropped it. Everybody else, he tries to aim the go route to where they're going to be. Mooney, he puts it very close to him, but still aims it. Velas, yeah. he just put out in front of him. He just threw it as hard as he could. And if now, he what I did like four times again, he threw a bullet to the outside from Mooney yeah. on that touchdown. Yep. And that, that range, awesome. 20 yards plus, you know, plus or minus, Mooney can catch it. And, and that ball, that ball would have went through a lot of guys' hands. Yep. And Mooney went through a lot too. of guys' Mooney, hands. Yes, like, like the Redskins game. Caught it, oh. went down. Beautiful. But Beautiful. My, my point, though, being if you've got a guy like, like you said, Fields is the best weapon. Agreed. But when you're playing chess, do you throw your queen out into battle first? No. Exactly. Your best weapon should be the last one you use. So you want those guys around him. You want to change the dynamic of that offense because all that's doing is making the offense better. If we've got Khalil Herbert, fine. Khalil Herbert's great. Montgomery, fine. Montgomery's great. But they're not the queen on the field. Those are bishops and rooks and knights and stuff. You know what I mean? Like Fields is the engine that makes all that work. I I hear you. Tyreek Hill, that's just a guy that you could go hit the back file with. Yeah, I I hear you. You hit that. You get that pawn all the way down. And you promote them. You got two queens on the board. You're exactly. not going to lose. Exactly. Unless you suck. <laughs> you know, yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know. What do you, what do you think? What do you think, nephew? What do you, what do you think we need to add offensively? Um, I think what you all said, I think the left tackle, um, I, I feel like, Hey, like you said, if you, if you don't have a sure, um, someone in the draft, you feel like it's going to come in and take that spot. I feel like spend some money on it. Spend some money on the defense. Um, some of those other spots I feel like that we're talking about, we could upgrade or you get what I'm saying. We like the guys, they're solid. Those are the positions I say, let's draft or maybe see what, if we can add some pieces around like that. But I say for some of these spots where we're just getting blown up on the offensive line, let's put somebody that's real, really good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> in there and we can still draft some of those positions, but let's just get a, let's get some real solid guys um, on that side. I mean, we had the money to, to, to do it. So I say let's eight, go pay for some talent. See what you say? Eight picks and $130 million. And that's what I'm saying. I'm if saying we take, don't take upgrade talent like crazy, and, and we don't have to spend the whole 130 And we million. don't. We don't. We we could spend 70 or 80 of it right. and eight draft picks and make huge difference and have money left to keep people we want to keep. Right. I, I think we just spend between 50 and 60. That's just me. I don't think yeah. we just splurge too much. Free agency is not where you build a team. No, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah. It's not. But I also, but I also think that we're already on the verge of, the, of building. You get what I'm saying? And they've done well through the draft. So if we can just, like I said, just spend some money for maybe one of those positions we want to shore up for sure, like the offensive line, that left tackle. I wouldn't be mad if we spent some money there. I wouldn't be mad if we went and uh, spent some money on the edge rusher. 
or maybe the best uh, three technique we can find. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Um, I don't know. I just say let's spend some money in, in somewhere like that, and then build pieces around that. So we have some some leadership that that has that high uh, level talent. You get what I'm saying? That's yeah, great. yeah, great. absolutely. And for God's sake, get us a center. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why? Why you coming yeah. at my boy? Man, your boy, your boy be coming out of himself. I'm gonna be real with you. He's a he's Man. a great backup. I love he the He's a great he backup. He's smart for the most part, you know, with his pre-snap calls and all that, and he gets everybody lined up and set. He just you know what my favorite thing is about this right now. What's going on with our team? Um, even though we can look at deficiencies or things that we can upgrade, um, you never are going to have all the best players at every position on your team. That's what makes the game fun and competitive. So what what, what I like is that it's obvious to me right now that uh, at least on the offensive side of the ball, they're learning how to use the talent they do have. Because it's like, maybe you're not good at this, but you're an NFL player. So obviously you have some talent in some capacity. Let's use you for what you do well. You get what I'm saying? You're here for a reason. Yeah, I feel like if a coach is able to do that, then I feel like you're definitely trending in the right direction because that's, to me, the biggest thing for a coach. You get what I'm saying? The talent is going to be what it is. If you don't know how to use it or have the team work at its, at its fullest potential, then I think that's a coach's, coach's issue. And, and I think that that happened. I mean, I think we tried to make Justin Fields a pocket passer. Right. Uh, and I think that the coaches, you know, one of the things this group of coaches – seems to do well is make adjustments. I mean, the yeah. halftime adjustments, we're a better, we're, we're far better second half. As a matter of fact, we're the worst second quarter team in the NFL points wise. And, uh, you know, the differential, we're the worst, right? But in the third and fourth quarter, we're tough and we're making changes. I think the same thing is happening. I think, you know, they've realized, you know what, take the reins off the field, let him run when he feels he should. And that just makes us, and, you know, stop worrying about it. If he gets 170 on the ground and 130 in the air, that's still 300. Yep. You know, there's other guys that never leave the pocket. You have to get three. Tom Brady, if right. you don't get 300 in the air, you ain't got right. it. Right. 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 Um, you know, I do want to see him have that breakout game where he throws for, you know, 310, 320. Um, It'll happen because they're going to start trying coming. to stop. They're going to overcompensate. For the run, and that's when it happens. That's how we're about, we about to play the Lions after he just put 178 on the ground. It's coming this week. <laughs> the Lions, the Lions defense, though, they just shut down the pack like crazy. Yeah. They got a little bit of defense. We got Mooney and Claypool. Yep. Yeah. We're gonna be open deep. Let's go. And they're gonna be and they're gonna be running a whole lot of eight-man fronts. Yeah. Well, they have to. It's gonna be single coverage deep, and Fields is gonna let that thing rip. Watch. Watch. But I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I, I hope so. But I'm gonna tell you, y'all are gonna see why I like their their linebacker, the kid that's coming up in free agency. Oh, he is. Nah, he's nice. He's nice. He's nice. Anzalone. Nice. Yeah. I like he's a better nice. guy. I like a guy. I think is better. Um, I, I like um, the Philadelphia Eagles got a guy that's coming out. Um, I forget his name, but uh, man, he's nice. That kid can play. He he. I think he was on the highlights this, just this past week when I was looking at him. Um, it was like a, a wide receiver or a tight end or something like 40 yards downfield. And he nearly picked the ball. Like he running with him step for step, almost at an intercept, like looking like a, looking like a safety out there. And then, you know, shows up big in run coverage. So if they, if they can't, hold you know him, what, I, either of those guys can be a, a fantastic addition. The, the, the guy in the Eagles may be a, a cap casualty. Yeah. Exactly. The Eagles keep spending because they're in a win now mode. And Anzalone maybe just be a casualty of a rebuild. You know, it's like, hey, we're trying to we're trying to create something, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, we we've got to keep adding guys, and they may be one to do a sign and trade. But I, I like them. Um, so, what about our speaking of trades? Uh, Chase Claypool. What do you guys think he added to the team? Is 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 he a a, a boom or a bust? What's up with him? Oh no, Claypool is gonna Claypool is gonna be nice for us, man. Get uh, feel some some extra uh, another weapon out there. He can catch the ball. He's a big target. 
Um, I'm excited about it. I'm excited. I mean, I think everybody, I think most Bears fans were happy to see him to see him come over. Um, and just what you said, as far as it opening up Komet, just giving him some more options and Fields is already running over people like crazy. So as long as you can have somebody to throw the ball to, you don't have to worry about them dropping it. No diss to those other guys, but if you're not catching the ball, you got to get off the field. So bringing some guys in who can who can help us and who can aid aid in um aid in our offensive attack when Fields is running all over everybody, I think he's great, great addition. I'm a little bit on the fence about Claypool. Um, I like him. I think he's I think he's exactly the type of receiver the Bears need to help our passing attack work to really drive um kind of fear into the defenses about Justin's deep ball. Um, I think that's like, he can win those one-on-one matchups. He can win those jump balls. The one issue I have with him that I've seen from even, even just this past game, the dude is a body catcher. He's deep trying to jump and catch the ball like this with a basket instead of going up with his hands, a high point in the ball. If he'd have gone up with his hands, high pointing, he would have got that PI call, but that's not how he jumped. That's not how, he went into that uh, into that reception, and, and I watched all the rest of his catches. He does kind of the same thing. He, he tries to catch it at his waist, like he's you know. So he's kind of wasting his his six four frame mm-hmm. because he won't extend outside of himself the way he should. Uh, so maybe maybe hanging out with Mooney at him, at Mooney's house. I, th- I heard uh, when he first got in town, he went over Mooney's house to study the playbook, and, and Mooney could answer some questions. Hopefully, he he sits there on the jugs machine. Uh, in his hallway or wherever the heck Mooney put it, and uh, and, and gets on Mooney's level with the with the hands because yeah he's got to get though these three if he can if he can here. do that if he can do that I think he'll be a great addition if he will struggle with that I think he's he's gonna struggle period well I, I'm not gonna go to struggle I mean here's a kid that 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 gets 800 yards a season and is probably gonna get 800 yards this season you know he's at he's nearing 400 now. If he didn't hit, if he didn't hit the 400 mark, um, and you know we 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 still got a lot of games left, so I, I think he's going to get if he's an 800 yard a season guy consistently, um, and he's a deep threat, um, you know that is uh, then then we got a number two right. Um, if he can learn to high point that ball, and he's a 1200 a season guy. He's a, he's a number one, right? Um, but either way, he is opening up the defenses. The safeties can't just stare at Mooney and Komet, say you got two weapons, and look at the rest of the team. If y'all can't cover these boys one-on-one, they're going to drop the ball half the time anyway, right? Yeah. So, so, you know, so when you look at those things and you say, hey, what's the deal? I think that uh, Claypool is without question uh, coming in and making a difference just in the coverages that we see. Uh, Again, Mooney in the end zone going towards the corner, you know what's about to happen. You know if if the Dolphins could have, they'd have had two men over there. They put one of their best uh, corners on Mooney, irrelevant, touchdown, right? And I think we're going to see a lot more in the passing game because he's on the field at that's i i think it's it's a great decision rather i don't think it can be a bust there's no way it's a bust um he has improved our room instantly um is he does does he work out as a number one i don't know he might but i like the fact that he and mooney have to fight to see who's going to be the number one yeah me too. Me so too. fight it out. And, and a new guy comes in, rookie or veteran, you know, it, it's it's going to be a fight. And now we got three guys fighting for number one. You know, maybe Vellis Jones learns how to catch. Well, they, Mooney need to start throwing some wide receiver parties at his crib. I wish I could get I wish I could get an NFL contract and then learn how to catch. Oh man. But you, 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 you gotta, you gotta be able to run a four, three to do that. Yeah. Oh, four, two. That's what, <laughs> that's, that's what it was. So, you know uh, what, but you know what, I, I, I realized what it was guys. Um, the reason they're able to make these adjustments at halftime is because fields is the new Michael Jordan from space jam. 
and they drink the special stuff. That's what it is. That. <laughs> That's what it they is. Drink the special stuff at halftime. I don't doubt it. I'm like, it was just water, second. guys. You had it in yourselves all along. <laughs> <laughs> this has just changed the whole attitude of the that's, team. Hey, hey, if that's if that's the secret, man, don't tell too many people, man. Keep the keep that on. Hey, the you got to tap into we're talking hey. to figure it out. Oh yeah, there we go. This is Chicago. We're the only ones with Jordan, that's except for uh, you know they have old Jordan. It's just out crazy, east. yo, that we get we get Jordan and then we get D Rose and then now we get Fields, man. Like, ah. Oh. Yeah. yeah, and, and you know what? Don't forget it. In between that, you know, we have Patrick Kane. So you want, and we get Patrick Kane. Yeah, Urlacher. You know what? That's what I wanted to say though. That that's something I wanted to say. This off off the subject right now of the game, but that's something that always bothers me about Chicago people who are like they'll be sports fans and it's just like, oh, I'm just not a fan of the Bulls or the Bears. It's like, all right, cool. I'm okay with you being a fan of whatever team, but it's like, don't just be from Chicago and anti because we lose. It's like, one, we have a team in every major sport, not most cities or all cities have that. Most cities haven't, most people haven't probably lived to see all their teams win. Once the Bears win, I will have seen every team win. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? The, the Cubs, the Sox, and the Blackhawks have won within the last 20 years. Right. So it's like, come on, guys, stop, stop. Stop. I know right. we're instant gratification. I know all that, but it's like, man, we really have seen a lot of greats here in Chicago. You get what I'm too saying? Too much hateration and holleration. I'm bro. ten toes down. Bulls, Bears, Sox, Cubs are like my our little sister Always. team. But they're cool too. <laughs> and every hundred years they win. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But they're still here. Look, we still invite them to Thanksgiving. That's right. That's right. You can't kick them out. <laughs> right. we we tell the Cubs fans though that it's like seven o'clock to show up and everybody else show up at four exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's hilarious but the Cubs fans yeah. they 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 bring all the drinks and the food because they, they definitely bring really the is really that's just a, a, a restaurant that's all it is yeah, right? yeah. so but anyway yeah, I mean, they're, they're the family member you only see when you visit them actually that's I'm thinking about it. They never, they never visit you. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well, hey, I'm uncle. And I'm nephew. I'm son. And we're, and we're talking, talking bears. bears.